Mark chapter 1, thank you for standing. Verse 1, the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, as it is written in the prophets, behold, I send my messenger before your face, who will prepare your way before you, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. John came baptizing in the wilderness and preaching a baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. Then all the land of Judea and from those from Jerusalem went out to him and were all baptized by him in the Jordan River, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair and with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. And he preached, saying, There comes one after me who is mightier than I, whose sandal strap I am not worthy to stoop down and loose. I indeed baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. It came to pass in those days that Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee, was baptized by John in the Jordan, and immediately coming up from the water, he saw the heavens parting, the Spirit descending upon him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. And today I want to kick off a three-part series entitled, Hope for the Holidays. Hope for the holidays. I want to say a prayer. Father, thank you so much for your word, for your faithfulness. I pray that you would anoint me to speak, anoint us to hear. Give somebody some hope today, God, in Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. God bless you. You may be seated. We did the pilgrimage downtown last Sunday night. Life Point was well represented. We had quite a crew, young lifers, hyphens, lifetimers, our marriage life group, and others. How many of you were there at the pilgrimage last Weekend, We had quite a few, had a good number down there. It was a blast. And what that means is we go from church to church to church, and each church downtown puts on a little presentation. We started out at Mount Zion Baptist. I have a couple of pics from Mount Zion. It was, uh, you know, I did this gigantic panoramic shot, and it was packed. We were on the second row. It was fantastic. The music was incredible. I think I have another pic. I was festive in the holiday mood. <coughs> Then we went to First United Methodist, and they always have the symphony representing. And so, of course, the music was just astounding. It was spectacular. And Lizzie got kicked out of that one a few years ago, but that's another story. Um, but we were representing. And then we went to First Pres, Pres Presbyterian Church. There's me and Valerie. We did a little selfie. We were up in the balcony on that one, and uh, incredible presentation. We went to St. James Episcopal, but we couldn't get in, so I have no pick of that. Then we went to St. Joseph's, and, you know, this is a different feel altogether. And so we went into St. Joseph's, sat on the front row, and they had the choir, which was amazing. Now, they also have that roaring pipe organ in the back. I think I've got a pick of it. Oh, my goodness. That's what we need, y'all, occasionally. And then we ended up at First Baptist, and we sang in the mass choir, Handel's Messiah. And it was just, did the hallelujah chorus. And Life Point was representing in the mass choir. I see Drew right there. I see Russell right there. I, I think, is, I can't, is that Jason? I don't know who that is. Anyhow, we had a, we had a blast singing. Now, I also... I couldn't help myself. At First Baptist, I thought I would just creep a little selfie of me and Lyra Jane at First Baptist. 
Now, most of the churches in following the tradition of Advent focused on the longing and anticipation of the coming of Jesus, which took them to John the Baptist. Valerie asked me a question the other day, and it got me to thinking. What if the Christmas story had only been told from the perspective of the gospel writer, Mark? Well, we just read it. And in it, you see no shepherds, no angels, no innkeeper, no inn, no manger, no star, no wise men, no gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Mark cuts to the chase and begins with the ministry of John the Baptist. According to Mark, the Christmas story starts not with a baby in a manger, but with a man dressed in camel skins. Mark's Christmas meal is not this amazing Christmas meal that you guys are going to enjoy soon. Rather, Mark's Christmas meal is this, locust and wild honey. That's as good as I could get, y'all. Locust and wild honey. John was the fulfillment of the Old Testament prophecy that said one would come to prepare a generation for the coming of the Lord. John was that one, and John was a prepper. And how was he to prepare his generation? The way he would do that was by telling them to repent. Everybody say repent. Today's message is a message on repentance. The word means to change. It means to change one's direction, to do a 180, to change one's mind, one's mindset, one's behavior, to wake up, to realize there is another way. Even when it looks like there is no other way, my God knows how to make a way where there seems to be no way. I want to encourage somebody today. Now, when I say it's a message on repentance, sometimes we think, oh, my goodness, he's going to call out my secret sin. He's going to condemn me. He's going to judge me. Here's what I mean by this today. Maybe you've been living your life day to day, month to month, year to year, generation to generation, and you think this is the way it's always going to be. It's always been this way. It'll continue to be. This is all there will ever be to my life. I want to tell you something. You need to prepare for the coming of the Lord and change that way of thinking. There is hope for the holidays. Jesus wants to come to you in a way that you've never experienced him before. He wants to take you beyond the dead, dry, bland, boring, philosophical, cerebral, traditional, liturgical, religious experiences of your past and take you into the exceeding, abundantly, above all that we can ask or think. He wants you to take your place up there, above this shallow life, seated together with Him in heavenly places, far above all principalities and powers. Amen? That's what He wants to do. He wants somebody to understand today. You need to prepare. You need to get ready. You need to repent. Do you understand that it is a sin to think 
God's word will not work in your life. It is a sin to think you cannot be who he's called you to be. It is a sin to think you cannot do what he's called you to do. It may be impossible on your own, but you're not on your own. You're not by yourself. He's promised to never leave you or forsake you. I'm here to tell you today there is hope for the holidays. Hope for the holidays. He's got a calling on your life. He's filled you with potential. And you need to prepare yourself to receive it. Prepare yourself to walk in it. Change the way you think. Change the words you say. Change the way you act and behave. Like those apples, there are seeds of greatness in you. Only God knows the potential that is all across this room today. Somebody needs to start believing today that there really is hope for the holidays. I don't have to end this journey the way I started it. My next 10 years don't have to be like my last 10 years. There is a new day dawning, and God wants to do something awesome in my life. Can you give him some praise right now? And I hear it as I prepare my messages. I can hear thoughts from people. I just hear it. I know people think these things. Donovan, you don't understand my situation. My situation's different than anybody's you've ever faced before. God can't even handle my situation. It just never works that way for my family. I'll never beat this addiction that I'm facing. I'll never get out of debt. I'll never start my own business. I can't finish this degree. I'll never own my own house. My marriage is just too far gone. My children will never come back. You don't understand what happened to them. I could never launch into that ministry that I felt God calling me to as a child. I'm telling you, the devil is a liar. You need to repent of those thoughts. Renounce that way of thinking. This is a new day. God wants to set a new precedent in you. Wants to do something new. There is hope for the holidays. Now Luke's version of the Christmas story includes in it the John the Baptist story. And this is so powerful. Listen to this from Luke chapter 1 verse 59. Are you with me? Luke chapter 1 59. So it was on the eighth day that they came to circumcise the child, and they would have called him by the name of his father, Zacharias. Now this is Zacharias and Elizabeth bringing John the Baptist to be named, circumcised at the temple. His mother answered and said, No, he shall be called John. Notice, they would have called him by the name of his father, Zacharias. But his mother answered and said, No. He shall be called John. But they said to her, There is no one among your relatives who is called by this name. So they made signs to his father that he would, what he would call him. Now, Zacharias was mute at the time after his angelic encounter in the temple. It was a sign to him, so he couldn't speak. So they're signing to him, and he's signing back. And he asked for a writing tablet and wrote saying, his name is John. So they all marveled. Immediately, Zechariah's mouth was open and his tongue loosed and he spoke, praising God. Then fear came on all who dwelt around them. And all these sayings were discussed throughout all the hill country of Judea. 
And all those who heard them kept them in their hearts, saying, What kind of child will this be? And the hand of the Lord was with him. Now listen, this was a good family. Zacharias was a priest. His name means remembered by Jehovah. He was faithful in discharging his duties as a priest. And he had an angelic visitation from none other than Gabriel himself. Elizabeth was a godly woman. Her name means oath of God or worshiper of God. God had supernaturally blessed them, healed Elizabeth of her barrenness, and allowed them to have a son when they were old. And it was customary for the child to be named, a name that was common in the family. But in this case, Gabriel broke with protocol. You will name your son John, which means Jehovah has favored or Jehovah has graced. The Lord was saying, I'm going to do something different, Zacharias and Elizabeth, in your family than what's taken place in the past. And Zacharias and Elizabeth were feeling the pressure of tradition and protocol and custom and status quo trying to hold them back. There was this pressure saying, call him by a name that's common in your family. Zacharias couldn't speak. But Elizabeth spoke right up. I can't imagine Elizabeth speaking right up. But Elizabeth spoke right up and said, no, thank you. God's going to do something new in our family. God's going to do a work of favor and grace like never before. And his name will be John. Now, there was still pressure. Those people were resisting. They were saying, no, it needs to be something that y'all have had before. A name that's common in your family. You, you've got a name of Zacharias. Come on now, what's one of your uncle's names? You've you got to keep it all in the family. You don't need to make a difference. It doesn't need to change. And old Zacharias, he's mute. He can't speak. He's, he's signing, bring me a chalkboard. Now, I know my dad calls them blackboards. And back in the day, they were that. Now, there's like virtual blackboards. But I always called it a chalkboard. So here's a little chalkboard today. He said, bring me a chalkboard. He signed for them. And, and that old man, he, he was so proud of this kid, man. He was so happy to have him, but he had his instructions. And he wrote on that board, and I'm not going to write it in Hebrew or Greek. I'm going to try English and see if I can pull it off. But he said, his name is John. And when that happened, his mouth was open, and he began praising and worshiping God because he knew God's doing something different today. It doesn't have to be the way it's always been. Let me encourage you, no matter what your family has faced in the past, no matter what difficulties and strains and expectations are there, God is bigger than that. God can do something new in your family. You can set a new precedent. He can raise you up and do awesome things. You don't have to be captive, captive to the past. God has a future for you in Jesus' name. Amen. Give him some praise right now. Can you do it? They had to fight for that new direction, that fresh direction, that word of God. I want to tell you something. God wants to do something unprecedented in your family, something uncommon. This is a year of favor and grace and restoration and renewal. I'm telling you, 
the enemy will try to get you to stay in your place, to keep your voice down, to hush up, don't get your hopes up. But I'm telling you, there is hope for the holidays. And I'm not just blowing smoke. I'm not up here trying to mess with your emotions. I'm telling you, prepare yourself by changing the way you think, changing the way you speak, changing the way you behave. Start thinking and speaking and behaving as if God is not a liar, but he's telling the truth. As if everything he's told you, he really told you the truth, and it really can come to pass in your life. And instead of moaning and complaining and griping, why don't you lift your voice up and say, Blessed be the name of the Lord. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. I will bless the Lord at all times. Not when I feel like it. Not when it's going great on the job or great in the home or great in the pocketbook. But I will bless the Lord at all times and His praise will continually be in my mouth. You don't have to live in the mully grubs in the holidays. There is hope for the holidays. God wants to do something unique and special and different in your life. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. He wants to do something fantastic. There is hope in this house today. Why don't you stand with me right now? There is hope in this house today. Holiday season. Man, it's the best of times and it's the worst of times. I was talking to some in our Dave Ramsey group. The holidays were coming up and they were saying, well, we love Dave, but we're kind of putting Dave on hold for the holidays. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? We love Dave. We're going to put him on hold for the holidays. I've talked to others. They say, well, I'm losing weight. I'm on a diet. But it's the holidays. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to eat this cookie, and I'm going to eat that cake, and I'm going to eat. I've been struggling with those two-pound Reese's peanut butter cups at Cracker Barrel. It's unfair, Nick. You know, and it's kind of like, like the lottery, like the lottery's like $10 million. Never even, I never even think about it. Like, it's almost like 10 million means nothing. When it's like 500 million, I'm like, well, that's a temptation. You know, like 10 million wouldn't change my life. Only $500 million would change my life. It's the same with Reese's. I don't give Reese's a second thought. Never even think about Reese's until there's a two pound Reese's, two gigantic Reese's cups staring at me at Cracker Barrel. And I'm like, Merry Christmas, Donovan. Yes, I'll pay $15 for that and graze on it for a couple days. Then I feel guilt and shame, repent, apologize. I don't want to go check my cholesterol or anything like go to the doctor until like I get that worked out in the system, you know. Oh, my Lord. But the holidays, it's the best of times and the worst of times. People feel stress and strain and there's family stresses and strains and connections and all kind of things that happen. But I'm going to tell you something. The Lord has sent me today to remind somebody, you are not stuck where you are. You hear the word of the Lord today. You're not stuck where you are. God's brought you to this house for a purpose today. Bill and Billy, wow, this past Thursday, 
This past Thursday, I get a phone call from Ron. Left a message, Pastor, you need to call me. Bill got hit by a car while he was on his morning walk. Now, he wears a vest, uh, like a reflective vest. Uh, and he's walking. Somebody wasn't paying attention. Didn't run over him, but hit him and threw him into the ditch. Ron sees him in the ditch. It happened over there by the, they They lived close to each other. And then uh, I, I think maybe Kathy went and got uh, Billy. He comes out. Billy has a is in an accident, falls out. They're, and the, the next thing I know, they're both at the emergency room. And they're here this morning. It could have been a lot worse, right? But here they are this morning. Thank God for his hand of protection. But God brought them into this assembly. I see others court back here, different ones. God's connected and brought you in. And I'm just going to tell you, today he sent me to tell you something. You don't have to be stuck where you are. There is hope for the holidays. I'm not trying to get you up emotionally and mess with you and, and give you false hope. But I'm telling you, God has a destiny for you to fulfill. You don't have to be stuck where you are. He has a calling on your life. Can you lift your hands to him right now? Thank you, Jesus. God, there's people in this place that have had a religious background. There's people that don't have a religious background. I pray that somehow, God, you can take this word and speak to them. There is hope for the holidays, God. They don't have to be stuck where they are. They don't have to be stuck in this moment. There is a path. God, there is a way. There is an above and beyond life, God. There's a calling on them, God. There's a destiny for them to fulfill. In the name of Jesus, Holy Spirit, convict and convince. Move across this house this morning. In the name of Jesus.